You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. Today I get to be part of this series that we're doing called House of Worship, which you may have been part of for all of it, or maybe today's your first one. Welcome. (laughs) Um, So it's based from 1 Peter 2 verse 4 that says, we are being built into a spiritual house of praise. So I believe that worship is a corporate celebration at church, but is also very much about cultivating a lifestyle of worship at home when it is only you and God, when nobody else is around, right? A lifestyle of worship is when you praise God no matter what you're going through, whether it's hard or when things are going easy and when things are going well. And this week has been one of the most challenging weeks I've been through, but here I am. <laughs> it, honestly, it's, it's funny that it's fitting that I'm preaching on this today after the week that I've had. So it's just a, a great example of what, what it can do when you do actually focus on worshipping God through hard times. So what we face through the week should not dictate our level of worship. God is worthy to be praised no matter what happened two minutes before you walk through those doors. No matter what happens when you're at home or in your family, our circumstances don't, dis- don't dictate how we praise or when we praise. And I love worship. It's one of my most favourite ways of connecting with God and probably a lot of you are the same. I feel like when you worship, everything just fades away and it's just you and God. There are moments when there's corporate worship too, when worship is just beyond you and God. It's for the church as well on a Sunday. But when I'm home, if I'm stressed out, I'll put worship music on and I'll just sing. Now, I'm not a good singer, but I will sing. I don't care what Jake and Xander think. (laughs) I will sing because I can't focus on what is going on and sing at the same time. You can't sing and worry, I feel like. It, it, it changes your perspective. It brings you in line with heaven's perspective. And sometimes I'll be stressed out, I'll be cleaning because I stress clean, and <laughs> I'll walk out into the kitchen and Jake's put the worship music on. And I'm like, I think he's telling me something. <laughs> you need to adjust your little attitude over there. <laughs> and sometimes when Xander's grumpy, I'll put the worship music on because he loves it and he'll just start dancing and his attitude adjusts. So it just goes to show you the power of, power of worship and the power of praise. When you're in the middle of a stink, just put on your music and just worship. So today, my message comes from Acts 16, verse 16 to 34, where Paul and Silas experience a life-changing encounter in prison. So they're in Philippi, Macedonia, which is a Roman colony. It's a very well-off colony, a lot of, lot of wealthy, prosperous people, a lot of retired people. And in, um, so in chapter 16, verse 10, I just want to put this out there. It might not make sense now, but it will. After Paul had this vision, we immediately prepared to cross over to Macedonia, convinced that God himself was calling us to go and preach the wonderful news of the gospel to them. So Paul just had this amazing 
um, dream, this experience with God telling him to go after being told they're not to go, they're not to go. And then he just had this dream, this vision that they're to go. So off they go. And while they're on their way to the house of prayer, a young slave woman began following Paul and Silas and starts shouting out, drawing unwanted attention to them. And Paul cast this demonic spirit out. Her owners, so she's a slave girl, she's got owners, they were making money through her fortune-telling. They're not happy now because she's not fortune-telling. So they're not making money anymore. So frustrations then begin to grow among the people of Philippi until Paul and Silas were stripped, beaten, flogged and thrown into prison. So we'll read from Acts 16 verse 23. After they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. So this here is a very serious situation. It's easy to skim over these stories that we read in the Bible, but this one, these stories are real. They happened, and we need to understand the seriousness of it and not just skim over what's going on here. So we'll picture this scenario. I like to get, you know, put myself in the time. So the prison's dark. It's either cold or hot, depending on time of year. There's no heating or cooling. Probably smelly, because how else are they going to go to the toilet? Hands and feet are chained, they can't really go anywhere. You know, this strange and foreign place. The prisoners are not treated well. They were beaten, chained up at the hands and feet, exhausted and in excruciating pain, with bloody open wounds. Makes me wonder what were they thinking? What was going on in their heads at this time? God, you called us here. And we're, how did we end up in this place? You gave us a dream. Did they doubt God's plan? Did they doubt that they heard God? I don't know. Was Silas mad that Paul went and had this dream and there's Silas following him and this is where they end up? <laughs> are we going to die here? Where are you, God? Why are you allowing us to go through this pain? Because sometimes when we're going through a lot of painful situation, we think that God's allowing us to go through it. Were they allow, wondering if God was allowing it? Were they confident enough in their faith and in their ability to hear God that they knew without a doubt that they were still meant to be there? I know when God has called me in the past to something and it didn't go well, I wondered if I heard God. We, we worked for two years in a vineyard before we went to Bethel and it was the hardest two years. It was every morning I'd wake up just devastated. Do we have to do... Like, and I know I can't compare this to being in prison, but in, in that moment, gosh, I felt like I was in prison. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was honestly really hard. I'm not an outdoor worker person and out in the cold. I would wear tights, trackies, three pairs of socks boots, a singlet, a long sleeve, a jumper, a jacket, a beanie, a scarf, gloves, every day in winter. I would get rained on. Oh, and then, yeah, the wet weather gear. I'd get rained on. It'd be freezing. In summer, you have to wear long clothes. It's hot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I wondered if I was hearing God. Are we meant to be working here to save up to go for Bethel? Is Bethel going to be worth it for me to go through this? <laughs> 
it was. Now I can, I can look back at that and laugh. I had some hilarious stories come from that. But in that moment, I was not laughing. It was painful, and Jake will agree, I was painful. <laughs> <laughs> we love Jake. <laughs> um, so in that moment, I was, I was really doubting, is God really calling us to Bethel? And these guys, I wonder if they were doubting did God really call us here? Have you been in that kind of situation where you thought you heard God and it not go well? What kind of thoughts were running through your mind in that moment? And what would you be thinking if you're in Paul and Silas's position? I know what I'd be thinking and it wouldn't be good. <laughs> so verse 25. This is amazing. Paul and Silas prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God, while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. That verse is just amazing. These other prisoners are most likely unsaved, and when you think of modern-day prisoners, and if you watch those kinds of movies, you know that the prisoners are, you know, not good people, based on the movies, they're acting. So, <laughs> but, you know, you never know. <laughs> It makes me wonder what, what, the, what the, list, the other jailers were thinking, the people listening. What were they thinking? Were they slandering them for singing praises? I don't know. But it says they were listening, so maybe they weren't saying anything. But it didn't bother Paul and Silas, right? Because they continued to praise and they continued to worship. And that is key when we're in the middle of a circumstance or a situation. We just praise God no matter who's around, who's listening. Because they're in a desperate situation. They didn't care who was around them. But verse 26, suddenly, who loves suddenly moments? A great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once, every prison door flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. Startled, the jailer awoke and saw every cell door standing open, assuming that all the prisoners had escaped. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself. What would the jailer be thinking? What the heck? <laughs> Where's my people gone? In researching this story, I found that it was custom for the jailer to be held responsible for the safekeeping of the prisoners, obviously, making sure they don't escape. And if a prisoner escaped on a jailer's watch, then the jailer was to suffer that same punishment as what the prisoner was due to suffer. Wow. So is that why he was about to kill himself? Because some of these prisoners were in there for, you know, for murder, for death. Were they going to be killed for what they'd done? Verse 28, when Paul shouted in the darkness, Stop! Don't hurt yourself. We're all still here. The jailer called for a light. And when he saw that they were still in their cells, he rushed in and fell trembling at their feet. Then he led Paul and Silas outside and asked, What must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and all your family. Then they prophesied the word of the Lord over him and all his family. Even though the hour was late, he washed their wounds. Then he and all his family were baptised. He took Paul and Silas into his home and set them at his table and fed them. The jailer and all his family were filled with joy 
in their newfound faith in God. At daybreak, the magistrate sent officers to the prison with orders to tell the jailer, let those two men go. The jailer informed Paul and Silas, the magistrates have sent orders to release you, so you're free to go now. But, the, but Paul told the officers, look, they had us beaten in public without a fair trial, and we are Roman citizens. Do you think we're just going to quietly walk away after they threw us in prison and violated all of our rights? Absolutely not. You go back and tell the magistrates that they need to come down here themselves and escort us out. And when the officers went back and reported what Paul and Silas had told them, the magistrates were frightened, especially upon hearing that they had beaten two Roman citizens without due process. So they went to the prison and apologised to Paul and Silas, begging them repeatedly, saying, please leave our city. So Paul and Silas left the prison and went back to Lydia's house, where they met with the believers and comforted and encouraged them before departing. So this turned out to be a pretty good story. Paul and Silas probably had no idea it was going to turn out like that. <laughs> I like stories where you know what the end is going to be. <laughs> so Paul and Silas are in the middle of a terrifying situation here. Yet they chose, they made this choice to turn their affection towards God rather than blame him and be angry at him. They didn't know what was going to happen to them. They didn't know whether they were going to live or die. They did know that other Christians had been killed before because of their faith. This situation was not just a matter of, I'm going to be a strong Christian. It was beyond that. This was a matter of crying out to God in complete desperation because that's all they could do. To worship was a choice that they had to make. It was either worship God or complain about God. Were they expecting their circumstance to change while they worshipped? What do we do when we are bound up in a situation where we feel stuck, confused, tired, alone, when no one around us understands? Do we turn to God and worship him? When we're treated unfairly, like Paul and Silas were, what do we do? Do we talk about it with everyone around us? Or do we turn to God and let him turn the injustice into something worth celebrating. Worship is anything that increases our affection towards him, towards God. And as much as it can be singing, it can also be conversing with God, talking with God, declaring his promises, gratitude and thankfulness. And everyone can do that. You don't have to be a good singer to worship God. <laughs> thanking him for all the things that he has already done in our lives. You can be in the garden. You can be washing dishes. You can be cleaning toilets. And you can begin to thank God. Thank him for everything that he's done. And you turn your affection towards him. Turn your attention towards him. Your gratitude begins to increase and build. This is worship. It can be done anywhere, at any time, despite how you feel, despite your current circumstance. We can worship when we're in need and when we have plenty, when we're content and when things are not going well. We can still worship God when we don't understand what is going on around us. 
when life is messy, we can still worship God. We can be very quick to be mad at God and to blame him when things are not going well, when we're treated unfairly. I've done it before too. Paul and Silas could have easily done that, made that choice to be mad at God. You called us here and now we're in prison. We've been beaten and we've been flogged. But they didn't. They chose to worship. They chose to turn their affection, their attention towards God. So what we do when God calls us somewhere and it doesn't work out, do we doubt God? Do we doubt what he's called us to do? Or do we turn to him and worship him? Do we go back to his promise and remember that you called us here? You will bring us out. So let's be quicker to worship God, the same God who brought us out, who continues to bring us out every single day. And some days I'm glad it's a new day. (laughs) To make a choice to worship in the midst of these less than ideal circumstances would not be easy. But that is where we find a hope that overcomes, a peace that surpasses all understanding, and that is found in God. We can learn to praise when we don't want to, when that's the last thing we feel like doing. Worship him, because at the end of the day, he loves it, and that's all that really matters. He is worthy of it. It's not up to us to dictate praising God. Breakthrough can come when we press through the hard times and choose to worship. Paul and Silas saw a massive breakthrough that day in prison. And although there is no guarantee that your current circumstance won't cha- will change, your ability to handle the situation can change when you press through and make that intentional choice to worship. Mindset changes. Strongholds break. The ability to rise up and believe that you can get through this, you can overcome this situation, your perspective begins to change. You begin to see things from heaven's perspective. The power the circumstance has over you can change in a single moment of worshipping him. And this can be the breakthrough that you need in a worship time that will get you through your circumstance. Worry can lead us to worship. I come to church worrying sometimes, but I don't let that stop me from worshipping God. There's a time when the worry, the worship needs to displace the worry. The worry needs to go. And you just continue to press through. Even if your mind still keeps ticking over things that worry you, press through. Just keep pressing through. And focus on God, because the more you focus on God, the worrying will go. And that's when you'll have that powerful encounter. And it's beautiful. Worshipping takes our focus off the mountain and it realigns us with heaven's perspective. We don't worship on the basis of these momentary circumstances we find ourselves in because we can look back at other miracles in our lives that we've seen and remember that God came through before and he will come through again. And that is where we worship from. 
so we can continue to worship regardless of our situation, knowing that breakthrough will come, whether it is through our circumstance changing or our mindset changing. It's all a breakthrough. So let's look at God's track record and have a think like through this message. What's God done for you before? What's his track record in your life? Even though hard things happen, we still need to look at who God is, who he always has been and who he will be. And we can say, God, you are true. God, you are faithful. You are the same yesterday, today and forever. It doesn't matter what I go through. I will choose to worship you through it all. And today, I will praise you for all of the wonderful things you have done in my life, regardless of what I'm going through. Paul and Silas didn't know God was going to break open the prison that day. All they knew was that God was faithful. They knew that God is good. And that was the God they chose to worship that day. How you see God will directly affect whether you will praise or complain. And if you see God as the all-powerful, sovereign Lord who loves you passionately, if you see him as the one who saved you, called you, and knew you before the foundation of the earth, you will overcome because you will choose to worship. You will choose to turn your affection towards him rather than away from him. And there is far greater power available to you when you worship the name of the Lord in the midst of confusing circumstances. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. And sometimes, sometimes I just have to worship because he has a plan that I have no idea what, what it is. Sometimes situations really just suck. And that is where worship is raw. It is honest and it is powerful. That's when you pour out your heart, God, I am frustrated. God, I am confused. I don't know what is happening. This has been my week. <laughs> what is going on? I thought you were going to do X, Y, and Z, but God, you didn't even do A, B, and C. But God, I'm going to stay here and worship you because I know you are true. I know you are faithful, and I know you are good. And it is impossible to please God without faith. And perhaps your worship is an act of faith. When we worship, heaven and earth collide. Heaven loves it when we worship. It changes our worldview, our approach, our appetite, our values, our desires, because we are partnering with heaven we were made for relationship, love and affection. God designed us for one primary reason and that is to adore him, to admire him, to love him, to speak of him, to write of him, to sing of him, to dream of him. And we worship because he loves it. Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
This is a world view. The whole earth is the Lord's. There is no separation, secular or sacred. It is all God's. There is not one single thing in this world that does not belong to God. He is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Teacher of Teachers, Leader of Leaders, Prime Minister of Prime Ministers. I wasn't going to go there, but I went there. (laughs) He is God. He is King. He is Sovereign. And He is Lord. And He sits in the heavens and He laughs. At the enemy, and the earth is his footstool. That is the God that we worship. We don't worship a man made idea. We are singing to a God who always has been, who always will be. This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.